We are the fuck tons and we chronically don't give a shit. One, two, fuck you! Welcome to Square Zeros. We are here with the Fucktons, um, and I guess also parts two of Long, two thirds of the Mad Doctors, and also half of Long Kill. Yes. All right. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Seth Applebaum. I play guitar and sing in both the Fucktons and the Mad Doctors, and I play bass in Long Kill. Uh, and I'm Greg Hansen, aka Keith Moonfuckton. Uh, <laughs> I play drums in all three bands. I, I don't play multiple instruments. And tell us about King Pizza Records. Uh, I am uh, the big cheese at King Pizza Records. Um, basically, uh, a, did you come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take? It took it, it, a long time, six to seven minutes of really hard thinking. Um, fun game is off. I had to complete two thirds of a Little Caesars hot and ready <laughs> in order to come up with those. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a it was a project that I, I basically started from necessity of nobody wanted to put out our record, so I was like, well, you know what? Let's. We were too good. We yeah. <laughs> they were, they were yeah, Goner was throwing throwing offers at us and I just said nay <laughs> thousands of dollars be damned <laughs> uh, yeah so basically it started as like necessity of that and then I was like well fuck it I'm just gonna put out all my friends bands and then I was like well now I'm gonna put out all my friends I'm not gonna make friends and put out their stuff and so it's kind of it's kind of turned into a little thing which has been really cool Cool, and you run the label out of your apartment, and then you are also now Seth running a studio out of there too. That is correct. Um, I've got this. I've been sort of building this little bedroom studio that is uh, dubbed Ghost Load Sound, awesome. <laughs> and, it, and essentially, yeah, just kind of <laughs> let that sink in. <laughs> but uh, basically, so the first Mad Doctor's record. Um, I had just gotten this tape machine from eBay and was all excited about it. So we recorded with that, or at least we recorded the EP half with that, half on the computer, because A, we were broke and we weren't, couldn't go to a studio, and B, I just like doing that shit like by ourselves. And miraculously, we can make noise in our apartment, so that worked out. And since then, you know, I've been getting some more gear. Like I record on an eight-channel cassette now and just been bringing other bands in there that are interest that are we're in the same position we were in. They wanted to make something that sounded interesting, but they also had no money. So I'm trying to do that as much as possible now. And it kind of has been coinciding with King Pizza because a lot of the bands that are now on that roster and in that circle have been hitting me up to record. And so it's been it's been cool. Have you yeah. ever heard of the ride at Coney Island called the Ghost Hole? I have not <laughs> put my ghost load in your ghost hole there. <laughs> it's like one of those haunted house rides. I've never been on it. It's like twelve dollars. It looks it's twelve dollars. <laughs> you get champagne or something like that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, sorry to uh, suck the air out of the room there. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you don't want to suck the air out of the room in regards to ghost loads or ghost holes. <laughs> but yeah, man, we've been doing we've been doing a lot of stuff out of the apartment. And it's it's been cool that our neighbors have been okay with it for yeah. the most part. Very cool. So, um, you've brought us three songs for three different old Ooh, projects yeah. of yours today. Now, give us a give us a start on the first one and tell us how that was recorded. Oh, baby. Um, all right. So the first. Have, have your means gotten better? Or they've they gotten better. The they've gotten better. Um, so this first band is called Coyote Gospel, and it was from my sophomore year in high school. I don't remember how the name came about, <laughs> but basically, it was. I think it was the first quote unquote rock band I played in. I hadn't been playing guitar for all that long, and I don't think anyone in the band had been playing their instruments very long, and we were just making noise in my buddy's attic um like we would meet up after school go to the attic play terrible terrible music <laughs> like the singer would just be chain smoking cigarettes and we between the four of us share like the two cans of beer that, that my buddy snake <laughs> from his parents so it was like we were living fast <laughs> um and the funny the funny thing about one of the funny things about that band is that the night before our first show, which was at our high school, the drummer decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So we called our buddy in who had never played drums before and he filled in. <laughs> so, and then fast forward. So we recorded this song in my parents' basement. With which drummer? Uh, with the the new drummer. The, the new drummer. <laughs> the, in all respects. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, my favorite thing about this recording is that I bought this crappy drum kit off a kid for like 50 bucks. It was like a kid's drum kit. We didn't have cymbal stands, so <laughs> we took music stands, balled up pieces of tape on the stands, and put the cymbals on there. And one of the cymbals was a hi-hat. <laughs> and I, I don't know if we had a clutch for the hi-hat stand either, so it was just like, it was just a mess. Um, and it was the first thing, it was the first like basement recording I had ever done, so... You know, don't don't judge too harshly, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty rough band. <laughs> that is primitive, man. So this song's called uh, this song's called Pill. It's called Pill. The, Pill. The, the Coyote God. Try it. Try and make sense of the lyrics. I dare you. <laughs> I didn't write them. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. Hard pill to swallow, take me into your eyes. I promise not to abuse you if you tell me a sweet lie. Don't open your eyes. I'm a hard pill to swallow, take me with a glass of wine. Wait a few minutes till your vision gets blurry Then commit me a crime Come on baby, don't be lazy Get up off the floor Take it like a movie star I don't care who you really are The way we are drumming, the sound we are strumming Splitting minds Wavelengths are hissing, you might try to kiss me To promise not to throw me over Cause he's got a guitar! No brainers, complainers, leave your fishing at the door. It's not that you're not welcome, we just won't listen anymore. Time for crazy, let's get hazy. Scream up, you want more. Make it like a movie star. I don't care who you really are The 
way we are drumming The sound we are drumming Splitting lines Wavelengths are hissing You might try to kiss me Just promise not to throw me over Because he's got a guitar Hope you enjoyed that. Obligatory studio banter at the end there. (laughs) Studio. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I use that lightly. Mixing up student. Student and studio. There we go. That stressed stressed me out. (laughs) Man, you're a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. That wasn't a hard pill to swallow. That was pretty ill, man. I gotta say, the guitar was fairly accomplished, given the rest of the... I mean, yeah, the the wah-wah, that was was the other dude, Lewis. He was like... He was super into Guns N' Roses and stuff like that, so he would always be playing like these slash kind of riffs. Meanwhile, I'm just playing chords, just do it like laying back, and he's just wailing away. It was I don't know. I was about to give him too much credit, you know. I was like, I I thought like the vampiness of it kind of had a Stooges feel in a way. That is the kindest thing I will ever hear about. That. <laughs> I was gonna say, what were you guys listening to? Because you say you you say Guns and Roses, but I mean Jesus. that sounded way sludgier and slower. And I mean, I thought, uh, I thought the same thing. I thought like yeah. MC Five Stooges. Yeah. Like I was, I know, like I was just starting to listen to the Black Keys a lot at that point. Um, like my friend had just given me th- uh, Thick Freakness, and I was super into that. So I was listening to that a lot. And then the other guitarist was listening to Guns N' Roses. I don't know what the singer was listening to. <laughs> um, and the drummer was like every every classic rock band. And then my brother was playing bass, and he was probably listening to whatever I was listening to, pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah. About, is it, didn't you didn't you take the riff from that song and turn it into a Mad Doctor song? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our song, Secret the Mad song. Doctor's tune, Super Science. I kind of reworked that main riff because I didn't want it to go out like that. <laughs> I kind of I kind of enjoyed it. So it's a it's a little different, but I was like, you know what, this is worth revisiting. Maybe. <laughs> Word. That was cool. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I dug it. I thought it was all right. Uh, okay. Sure it was. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what did Coyote Gospel? What what the hell does that name mean? I don't know. I think the singer came up with it. So he was like, he was the the cunning linguist. He was like yeah. coming up with these crazy lyrics, and I think he came up with the name. Um, I have no idea. I think it was we probably had like one of those brainstorming sessions where we're like what's a name that sounds cool like this the the cool guys are like the jerks (laughs) (laughs) I guess so Um, so I think I think that was his brainchild I don't know it was so that time is so blurry because it was just like hanging out in my buddy's attic or my parents basement so uh so how did uh how did coyote gospel end what was the what was the end of that did it did it turn into one of the next bands that you got for us or was it no (laughs) i think it just ended naturally um actually it might have been because the 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 other guitarist and the singer were a year older than me so it might have ended when they went to school um but man i think our career spanned maybe like four or five shows that we played at at the high school and that's about where that ended so i think it was just like just the end of the road <laughs> we've done all that we could do <laughs> so did did you move immediately to the next thing then or 
Um, broken hearted. You just from from the collapse of Coyote Gospel. I wandered this. I wandered the streets of Westfield, New Jersey, posting flyers. Seth Applebaum's looking for a sweet band to play with. <laughs> uh, I don't. Well, okay. So the next the next one is Southern Fried Funk, which wasn't my brainchild. It was uh, my brother was playing in this band. I think it was going on at the same time as Coyote Gospel, actually, and it was kind of like a. Um, a southern rock outlaw country kind of band and they were like really tight all really talented musicians and they used to practice in my parents basement and then every once in a while i would come down there and play with them and eventually they just had me come on and play shows with them so i'd play i started playing like third guitar with them which was that was too much <laughs> that's southern there's something southern about yeah that. three guitars is southern rock as hell <laughs> but then um i played keyboards mostly for them and to date actually with that band those are the biggest shows i've ever played because we used to play at this venue starland ballroom in new jersey which is it's like a i don't know i guess a mid-sized venue somehow the um sayerville yeah it's in the middle of nowhere but it's a it's like one of the only big venues or that size venue in new jersey and the singer in that band who was it was his brainchild he was a hustler and got us on bills opening for the best one we did we opened for Derek trucks band like a halloween oh, show word. which was wild that was awesome but then we opened for like we opened for mountain oh wow <laughs> like okay. mississippi okay. mississippi queen yeah 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 and they were fucking terrible <laughs> it was like we didn't stay for their whole set it was like unlistenable um but yeah we played we played there a bunch and we actually we played like a vfw hall show once with some hardcore bands that was interesting yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to hear this too one thing that we've heard a few times with people we've interviewed is this idea that your band was way bigger in high school or did way better things in high school than any of your adult bands have ever done i mean the crazy one of the things like we we had packed shows and i think part of the reason is because you know we're not posting facebook events and inviting everyone we were we were given tickets to sell and we would literally go around the halls of the high school selling tickets person to person and you know obviously i mean in new york there's so many shows that you know who could commit to one thing who's buying tickets for all these shows usually aren't tickets but in new jersey and in high school when you got a show like that where you've got this venue that's one of the only venues that size that's bringing in like bigger touring acts and then you, your friends bands playing there you know they're selling you the ticket you're more inclined to go although it was kind of a trek to get out there yeah but it's like what, what, what are you gonna do in high school at night like are you gonna walk to Seven Eleven or are you gonna go see a show you know what I mean right. it's, like, it's like there's really like you have like four, why not both you have like four you really have like four options going on and most of them are like being sad in your basement yeah that's where that's Coyote Gospel being sad in the basement yeah. <laughs> uh, so Southern Fried Funk that's uh, sad at the Seven Eleven. sad at the Starline Ballroom no, we were happy so, happy pump, as a clam at the Starland Ballroom. Blow my blues away. Yeah, so that um like I said, I didn't write this tune, but this we recorded this song. Um it was actually really cool. This guy had a basement studio with a sixteen track tape machine. And that was I think it was the first it was definitely the first time I ever recorded to tape, but one of the only first times I'd been exposed to a tape machine. So that was like that hit hard. I was like, This is cool. And what was also cool is I got to play a real Hammond B3, which I'd never done before. I was just like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, so that was... It was on a real Hammond B3. It was sick. It was fun as hell.
That recording might have been like my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, all the dudes in that band were one or two years younger than me and like five or six years more talented than me. (laughs) 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 But but yeah, no, that was I mean, that was uh, we did other recordings before that. But that was like the last I think I think that was the last recording from that band, at least that I was involved with. And then they went to college and it kind of, you know, dissolved. How'd you wind up on organ? Is that something you've been playing? I started, I mean, the first instrument I played was piano. So I started playing that in second grade and I played it. I took lessons for a long time until I got to the point where I just wasn't being diligent enough about practicing what I was told to actually progress. Especially like I got a jazz piano teacher and that that just went so over my head, um, the modes and everything that I was like, I think I've hit my roadblock but I was able to play keys in this band because the stuff I was playing was pretty simple, but, you know, just kind of like blues scale sort of stuff. And, you know, I knew what I wanted it to sound like and I knew what I could do and it was enough to fit in that band. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't like the featured player of just kind of adding that element, that extra element. And it worked out, you know, it was cool getting to play a different instrument because I was playing a lot of guitar then, but kind of keeping the keys alive was nice. Mm-hmm. 
And what were the forces that caused you to drift back toward a guitar, focus on guitar more than organ, say? Um, I mean, you're a pretty big personality on stage, so I yeah. can see it having seen you guys, but, you know, for the people who haven't, how um, you describe it? Well, I mean, part of it was, part of it is gear, actually. I mean, I love playing guitar. It's just, I have an easier time visualizing scales and things like that on a fretboard than on a piano. But then it was also like, I didn't have a cool keyboard. You know, I I had this mediocre, like, Casio keyboard that modeled things I wish it could I wish I actually had it was either that or using a laptop and a controller and I was like you know what I'm not I don't love bringing all this gear to shows to not get the sound that I'm looking for like if I had a Rhodes or something like that like if I owned something badass like that I would probably have been more inclined to stick with it but I was just getting frustrated by the gear and guitar was you know, it's a guitar and an amp. I can make it sound awesome. And then it was, you know, it just kind of, I picked it up quicker from the inception than piano. Piano took me a longer time to wrap my head around, but the guitar, I kind of figured it out real quick. And what was your first guitar amp setup? And then how, <laughs> how did that progress? <laughs> I mean, it was classic style. It was, I got to use Strat um, and a little Fender Frontman practice amp you know it was a winning combination <laughs> but i think the first pedal i got strangely enough was like a phaser oh, <laughs> word. i don't know why i was the most crucial um be, be, because they sound awesome i guess so <laughs> i guess I, I think i was listening to like a lot of pink floyd and there i heard phasers in there i was like that's sick i want to sound like david gilmore and i, I couldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> Well, what does the uh, what does this third project sound like? This is all right. Going in a completely different direction. This third one is like an Afrobeat group. So by my senior year, there was a record store in my hometown called Sound Station that we all used to hang out in all the time. And the owner was he's a big funk and Afrobeat and soul. Um, he's like a wealth of knowledge about all of them. And he was kind of he turned us all on to that stuff. Like he was recommending, he's like, "Hey man, have you heard Mighty Imperials? Have you heard Fela Kuti? Stuff like that." So I started listening to that stuff, and I just got like infatuated with it. That was all I was listening to senior years, like Afrobeat. And for my senior project, I don't know if everyone does that, if all schools do that, but they like for the end of your senior year, you have to do this big extended project and do a write up and presentation. I was like, I want to put together an Afrobeat group. Cause I had all these friends that were talented musicians played horns and stuff. And we had been jamming together. I was like, I'm going to try and write something. So I wrote like three or four songs we recorded in, in a local studio, played a couple shows. And I don't know. It was interesting. It was the first time I ever wrote horn lines. And I, I don't think I quite knew how to do it, but you know, we pulled it off cause of the guys that I was playing with were really talented. So you had enough knowledge of like sheet music to actually write the horn lines. You weren't just like, okay, do this. Sort of. I mean, I knew what I knew how to. It, well, actually, there was a learning curve because um, I don't know if you've ever read horn sheet music, but like the they're <laughs> they're transposed. Um, like different horns will be in different concert. They won't be in concert pitch. So you have to transpose. Like an E is not necessarily an E in notation. So I had to learn how to actually write sheet music so that they could read it accurately. So that was tough, but... Um, it's ambitious. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to do it because it was something yeah, different nice. and I loved the music. So I was like, I want to try this and see what comes out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was the toughest part. And then I was kind of playing the conductor in the studio, which was new too, where I'd kind of be like signaling all the changes and stuff. And it was cool. It was a... Probably it was the first time I think that I ever led a band. I had never led. I was always kind of like on the side or in the background, and that was the, like my first taste of being like, "This is my project. I wrote these songs. I'm teaching them to you," and it was cool. That was it was definitely a stepping stone towards like what I'm doing now. What grade did you get on it? Um, I mean, I started listening to the music junior year of high school. This project was senior year. 
Did you actually get a letter grade though? <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> You're uh, the first. This is the first high school band that's actually a high school band. Like you had to do it for high school. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of other people did like community service and stuff like that. But uh, I think I got an A on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe like an A minus or a B plus because I don't remember how the written portion was. That might have been a little rough. <laughs> but I don't. Know, I think I, I did well on it. I worked hard. Nice. All right, you want to roll it? Yeah. What's the song called? It's called Varsovia by Zitronin Melise. And what is, can what? Yeah, can you tell us what this means? Varsovia, yeah. Warsaw. Yeah. What is, uh, is Zitronin Melise? I think it means lemon bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Zitronin is like a citrus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw it. I don't know why I landed on this name. I think it just looked interesting. I saw it on like a Ricola wrapper. Because <laughs> it says like Lemon Bomb and then it says it in different languages. And I saw it as a Tron and Melise. I was like, that looks cool. No one's going to know what it means. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Wow. 
That was fucking impressive, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually, I gotta say, this like trajectory is fascinating because I, I really expected, you know, I see Coyote Gospel and and Pill, and we listen to that, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be awesome. Like this is this is this is gonna be like a nice, cool train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and like it was. Them are. But but no, man. Like you, you really were exploring like a lot of different genres and just mm. feelings, and I, I don't know, and and all kinds of weird rhythmic elements. I mean. For fuck's sake, you were like orchestrating. Like, how many horns yeah. are in there? Uh, four horns. It was trumpet, tenor sax, barry sax, and trombone. Bam. And guitar, and bass. Yep. And congas, and claves. Yep. And keys. So and two keys. guitars. And keys, of two course. Two guitars, yeah. And you did not play keys on that one? No, that was. Um, so, the legacy of that band now is um, my buddy George, George Busey, who played keys in that band. Sadly, he passed away, um, when was it? It was 2010, I believe. Four years ago. Yeah. We were on, uh, Greg and I were driving out to LA when I got the call from his brother, Mark, who I'm friends with, that he had passed away. He had a lot of health problems. Um, but since then, every year around Christmas time when everyone's home, he puts on a show that's this concert for George and it's you know he gets bands that george was involved with because he's he played with a million bands but every year we reunite this band to play there which is it's a blast so it's it's not all of the same the original members is most of them but um yeah we play these songs we play this, these songs we've written a few new ones and just kind of we're trying to keep it alive because it was a fun project it was one of those projects where you know everyone was kind of in tune with each other and could just enjoy it you know it was low stress but everybody kind of knew everybody respected each other as musicians and it just worked so we you know we've been keeping it alive for the past four years that's great man mm -hmm. and i gotta say like i mean i know the kind of music lends itself to that sort of feeling but it has this like party in the studio type of feel you know there's like a couple little slips every once in a while and yeah, it's yeah. nice and makes it like feel authentic feel and then it sounds like you kind of gave the horns room to take a solo at different points, kind of controlled solos? Yeah. I mean, when we do the live shows, the songs end up really long because we just, you know, people will just solo until they're out of ideas pretty much yeah. <laughs> or until it gets boring. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, Af I mean, a lot of Afrobeat music is very repetitive and there will be extended solos. Like, the rhythm section extends to the guitars in Afrobeat where the guitars will be playing the same rhythmic elements through the whole song. Like they're not the showpiece. It's all about the horns and the vocals. And we didn't really have vocals, so I just kinda let the horns do their thing. Mm -hmm. Now Greg, had you heard this stuff before? Yeah, I mean, uh part of I mean, Seth obviously has had uh quite a musical trajectory. Uh, and we've we've taken a couple of strolls down memory lane. Uh, my favorite is always listening to Coyote Gospel. <laughs> sure. Um, just just to see just to see how far it's come. Uh, but yeah, we I mean we, we like I think when we came back from tour, we uh, we stopped in, in in New Jersey and uh, and hung out with his parents and, and kind of went through a lot of the bands and just like it's like amazing because like his parents are super supportive and they're like oh he's always you know he's always been in really great bands and they're like oh even Coyote Gospel his mom's like yeah that band not so much like <laughs> <laughs> a, a band a band not even a mother could love it was, yeah. <laughs> she likes the Mad Doctors though she's she's a fan of the Mad Doctors <laughs> oh there you go there you go. That's a start. Yeah. So, uh, so what are you guys doing now? What are you guys working on now? Um, well, we're just finishing up a Mad Doctor's full length that I've been having. All, we did it all by ourselves in my in Ghost Load Sound, um, and Seth's bedroom. Yeah, my bedroom, and uh, we're about to send it out to get pressed. Like, I, like tomorrow. Yeah, it's supposed like to be tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, I'm having the hardest time ever letting it go because it's. Our first time and my first time getting something done on vinyl, so I'm just being super anal. Like, is this gonna sound bad on vinyl? Is that gonna sound bad? So I'm like, I'm having a hard time letting the tracks go and do their thing. But um, yeah, so there's that. Um, I'm recording a bunch of bands. I'm putting together a funk project, like just a studio project with a lot of the people that played in Zatroni Melise and other people. So just trying to like. I'm just trying to record a lot right now like it's 
I'm having fun doing it and it's exciting to I'm kind of like starting from square one or I started from square one learning how to record again you know I, I did some in college but then I kind of scrapped everything I'd learned and just went you know all cassette and tape and stuff like that so figuring that format out and then figuring out what to make cool about it because you can get stuff real nasty and distorted and you know figuring out how to make that sound cool has been fun so i'm just trying to make that happen as much as possible no it sounds like you guys will really be able to kind of craft a sound for the bands that come and record with you you know if if you've got the very specific equipment that you're working with and a specific sound do you find that a lot of the bands that come and record with you hear stuff that you you know like hear mad doctors or hear things like that and are like that's what we want to sound like or um a little bit i mean there's definitely there's definitely a few bands that have heard the mad doctors recordings and been like we want to sound raw you know a lot of people will go into a professional studio and it'll it'll sound great but it won't sound like a garage band and or it'll just be too sterile in the case of like you know somebody like like sirs madams who just like was like we have a sort of sterile ep like we want something that just has a little bit more character so it's not they're not even a garage band but they kind of wanted something that that had a little bit more of a vibe yeah because like i mean i'm not a professional mixer um i'm not professionally trained but i've got an ear for certain things and i just like you know i like imperfections and stuff sounding unique and having character which is why i like doing like i could easily be doing this stuff digital but essentially what it came down to was recording on cassette was the cheapest way for me to a record on tape and b make music without a computer because i get so sick of staying at the computer all the time doing like video editing and stuff like that i was like i want to keep that separate from music but still be able to make stuff sound cool and what at the end of the day what i realized is i just love weird tape recordings like i appreciate stuff that you could tell was recorded on a crappy tape machine or is a little distorted doesn't sound crispy clean like i get bored by crispy clean recording so just trying to do something a little unique and gross (laughs) yeah yeah and i would imagine as you do that people who also like that are going to find you yeah i mean we especially a lot of the people that are in the king pizza circle now are those kind of bands you know the kind of kindred spirits to what we're doing where it's it's about being loud and it's about being raucous and you know there's something about recording on a lo-fi format that can sort of get that feeling of the live diy punk show across cool well since you brought it up uh greg did you want to tell us about pizza fest sure uh yeah i mean uh, as I mentioned, King Pizza Records is like a s- totally new like thing that 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 we started. Um, we're about to do our first couple releases. We have um, we're gonna do a couple of tapes. We're actually also gonna record a fuck tons tape at some point. Um, but I think uh, but Pizza Fest is gonna be like a three day like orgy of like all the bands on the label and a couple of friends and stuff like that um, around here and basically just like an excuse to play with all our favorite bands and, and, and get everybody out for like a weekend of partying and like hanging out and eating a lot of junk food and barbecue and stuff like that. So I think, I think depending, uh, uh, we're, we're still working it out, but I think it might be actually a triple tape release that weekend. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got, it's, it's going to be silly and fun. <laughs> and that's June 20th through the 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, it's a Friday, Friday through Sunday. We have two dates, the, the Friday and Sunday at Don Pedro. The last day is at a, is at a house. So, uh, if any listener wants to, wants to attend message for details. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what other shows do you guys have coming up? Um, the fuck tons are playing the, our first show on Thursday, which is, the twenty second, <laughs> um, and, uh, and where's that at? At Don Pedro. At Don Pedro. Um, with with like a couple of King Pizza bands, we're playing a house show on May thirtieth with the Mad Doctors. Um, we're play Long Kills playing on June first at Don Pedro. Um, we should also maybe I'll take a moment to interject as well. 
Greg is now booking at Don Pedro. I'm also the booker. <laughs> As if we didn't play enough shows at Don Pedro, okay. which is basically just like me saying like, hey, Steve, what do you have open? I'll take them all. Yeah, play, um, yeah play, come, play, come play in my basement. Yeah. Successor yeah, yeah. to Jake Noodles. Yeah. Right. Eat your heart out. Um, you can't top yeah. his dress though. His <laughs> attire was untouchable. <laughs> We're gonna lingo pink suit. Yeah. Oh I wish I could play uh, in any clothes, let alone a, a suit. Um, but he didn't play in clothes. No, I mean he well he would start he would start in clothes. Yeah, that didn't last very long. I love that guy. Shout uh, out, shout out to Jake Wynn. We we love you, Noodles. Yeah. I mean I know he's not dead. He's in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, it's like he's in Portland. I didn't say. Wherever in Portland, I don't know. He's mysterious. Everybody that works at Don Pedro is mysterious. Mickey, where does he go? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a great question. It's a lot of New York City humor going on. Well, th well, that's great. It sounds like you guys really have your sort of empire carved out, man. You know, you've got the you've got the booking arm. You have the the recording arm. Yeah, it's kind of the label arm. You get you you guys are three armed. It's more like tentacles, man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep working them Pizza tentacles, tentacles. <laughs> until uh, until we get kicked out of our apartment for making too much noise. Love <laughs> blue girl. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean the idea is like I know that was a tentacle poured uh, <laughs> joke. That's it's actually that is it not is, the first time tentacle porn has come up on Square. I'm Girls, sure it isn't. <laughs> what about, what it's a thing. Pterodactyl porn. Well, tentacle <laughs> porn though is is a is like an anime thing. It's like a very specifically oh, Japanese no. Hentai, anime yeah. situation. Oh, oh puppy! Oh, <laughs> oh puppy just, just came in. The room. Oh, no. Get out of here, little bear. I know. Oh my know. goodness gracious! Uh, <laughs> um. Oh, sorry. I. That's all good. Every. Oh, right. So, so yeah. I mean, awesome. the whole idea. <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea is like we kind of, you know, are trying to provide people. I mean, A, we're trying to just do cool, fun things that we like to do. I'm sort of a, a natural manager kind of person. Like, I'm... Uh, uh, we come manager pants on. Yeah, I got, I got my, my, <laughs> my, my turquoise blue, like, pool throw-up manager pants <laughs> That's on. That's how you know he means business. That's when he pissed chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, like, we come from the film world, and, and uh, my... Uh, I was a director, but basically in order to be a director, you have to be your own producer. And and so I sort of took that into the music world because it's like you can't be a band unless you have somebody who's taking care of the shows and organizing everything. And, 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 and I'm just like incredibly headstrong and don't like to wait for people. Um, so that sort of just happened. And then with the label, it's like, well, I just made a decision that I'm going to do a label. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it fucking right. And if I do it right, I'm going to do it well. And so that you know, and then and then Seth obviously is super duper creative and really, um, right, really proactive <laughs> about it on the on the creative level. So it's like we kind of were like, well, now we're just gonna turn into a one stop shop, hopefully, because it's like we can book you, we can fucking record you, we can put you out, like hang out at our place, crash on our futon. Um, you know, it's like I feel I feel like I feel like it's yeah, like it's next? it's all fun. You know, it's like it's it's all just like. It's all like being 15 again. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, I got, I got tired of, of everything being a little too serious. Oh, third mad doctor's calling me. <laughs> oh, well, maybe, maybe we should sign off. <laughs> all right. Oh, jeez. Sweet. Dog, dog showed up. Someone's mad doctor's warning. getting mad at you. All right. Seth, Greg, thank you. It was awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's roll out on a Mad Doctor song. This is uh, Swamp Taco. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My girlfriend named that. Um, too, too much to her chagrin. Yeah, she <laughs> she named it and regretted it immediately because she didn't realize that we were gonna take it. <laughs> so she was like, I don't know. Where we tried to like just come up with a nasty name, and then she's yeah, like, Why don't you call it Swamp Taco? We're like, Yes. And she's like, No, I'm joking. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you too guys. Late. Sorry, you, girlfriend. You and, you and Josh uh, were, were just like coming up with like the worst euphemisms and then she's like god at that point you might as well call it swamp taco and, the, and, and, the and they looked and they looked at each other and like their eyes lit up and she immediately knew she'd made a mistake by giving these boys power
don't want 